You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. We at Represent would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land on which Sin operates, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches. Today especially, we'd also like to pay our respects to Indigenous women and the role they play in driving positive change. Representations of Indigenous women and women of colour within the feminist movement is often sidelined, though these are the women who are fighting for communities and issues that are too often overlooked. Sovereignty has never been ceded, it always was and always will be, Aboriginal land. Kids should go to school, and that's what we're committed to. I haven't flip-flopped. I said no originally, then I said yes, then I have said no, and I've stuck to it. I didn't need to do this. I've already done a lot of war for the election. The English fought a civil war over this matter, over this matter. Don't deal with the nuance of the Canberra bubble. I don't know what to do with it. We have so much money. What we want is more learning in schools and less activism in schools. Issues that perhaps may be controversial today, but 30 years from now, your children, your grandchildren are going to be thankful that you stood up for what it was right. Represent. 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 You're listening to Represent. Welcome to Represent. My name is Mimi and I'm here with Bridie and we are Sins Media flagship political discussion program. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Sins Media? Sin Media's. Sin Media's yeah, yeah. flagship political discussion program. Got there in the end. <laughs> we explore current affairs and politics of the week, but today we're doing a special International Women's Day episode because it was on Tuesday. We thought we'd, like, make it a theme. And because George isn't here, we're, like, making it all about the women. Yeah, it's all about us. Um, So to celebrate International Women's Day this week, today's show will be all things women. We'll be talking about the national reception of the day, as well as casting the spotlight on women who are doing great things around Australia. So today we're going to kick it off. With Bridie. She said something really interesting on Twitter about International Women's Day. I did say something interesting. So basically on the weekend in the lead up to International Women's Day, a group of very like high-powered women, including Grace Tame, Brittany Higgins, Yasmin Poole, and Paralympian Madison de Rosario, uh, Christine Holgate, and Julia Banks, so, you know, really big names in Ozpol. They announced that they're forming basically a campaign group, a lobby group called Safety, Respect, Equity, which is calling for anti-sexual harassment and bullying reforms at a national level, among other demands. So the ACTU president, Michelle O'Neill, is also part of that. And she said, we need a safe place to work, a safe place to live, fair pay, quality, free early learning and care, and a justice system that works for survivors should not be too much to expect in 2022. So, of course, this is all extremely important. This is a really, you know, something that needs to be called for. But the group is so predominantly white. Um, It's so important to think about the women that aren't represented by the people on that, you know, on this sort of panel. 
Um, so Rafia Zakaria, who's an American author, I think she's American actually, um, defined a white feminist as someone who refuses to consider the role that whiteness and the racial privilege attached to it have played and continue to play in universalizing white feminist concerns, agendas, and beliefs as being those of all feminists, feminism and all feminists. So Nina Funnell, who's a journalist and Let Us Speak manager, said, when are we going to learn that there's nothing inclusive about a group of predominantly white girl bosses dressed in power suits claiming feminism as their own exclusive club? So seeing a group of almost entirely white, able-bodied and straight women is not at all inspiring for the vast majority of women in Australia who just don't fit into this quite narrow category. So this kind of ties into the issue of International Women's Day, which used to be called International Working Women's Day. But the erasure of that word, working, has basically made the day into a bit of a capitalist virtue signaling scheme for companies to act like they care about women. It means that diverse women, queer women, trans women, disabled women, sex workers, women of colour or First Nations women are basically totally left out. So one thing that Nina Funnell highlighted that really stood out to me was that there were 17 survivors in the Let Us Speak campaign, which was about the gag laws in Tasmania for sexual assault. Um, And that included queer men, a sex worker, migrants and disabled women. But only Grace Tame was named Australian of the Year, despite them all being on equal standing within the campaign. According to Nina Funnell, this re-traumatised other members and invalidated their trauma even further. So this ties into white feminism. Um, Kyla Sculler, who's a white historian and feminist scholar at Rutgers Uni in the US, wrote that the trouble with white feminist politics isn't what it fails to address and what whom it leaves out, but what it does and whom it suppresses. So, Mimi, how can a majority white group make substantial change if it doesn't actually reflect Australia? I think the simple answer is that it, like, it can't. Yeah. Um, I think a lot in this, like, feminist theory, they talk about thinking about... Um, solidarity over sisterhood Mm. because you can't really have a sisterhood in terms of like universalize universalize universalizing (laughs) a woman's experience like yeah not every person's going to have the same experience as being a woman so we Mm -hmm. shouldn't try to like group us all together and like have one solution to our problems like it's about supporting each other and having solidarity in terms of answering a question yeah, no, I don't think it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it does include... Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I don't think that it can make substantial changes that are, you know, appropriate and relevant. It'll just be things that would fix their problems, and mm. yet there are still so many others. And, you know, this keeps on happening. It keeps on being white women, forming their own little groups about... Um, about certain issues that they're passionate about that are in politics at the moment, at what point do you think this is actually going to change? Um, I think it'll change very soon. I think that, like, the fact that we have even, like, brought together this campaign and since mm. Brittany Higgins has obviously just been, like, a mass talking of, like, women's issues, especially sexual assault. And I think that's good. I think, like, I don't think I've ever had, like, had an International Women's Day that has talked so much about, like, women's issues and actually, like, made people think. So, obviously, there's positives, but I think the fact that we, the fact that we've talked about it even more means that we're even closer, I think, at least to doing things 
better in terms of yeah, including I would those minority that. groups. Yeah, I think that it's there's been such a huge change in the last like year, the last eighteen months. Like at this point in twenty nineteen, I would not have ever thought that we would be talking about anything like this. Yeah, for anything sure. like Grace Tame or Brittany Higgins. And do you think that like was it intentionally these women who Nina Funnel basically described as wanting to further their own agendas and build their own um, political brands? Or, like, was it just not well thought out? Was diversity just on the back of their mind? Or was it deliberate? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's obviously a question for, like, the actual women. Yeah. But I think <laughs> I can imagine if you have so much talk and a lot of publicity around these certain issues at the moment and you're working to do a campaign, I can imagine that perhaps you do get kind of carried away in your own mm. agenda like yeah you've never had well not just these individual women as a whole have never really had this much attention it feels so I can imagine if you're trying to put this together this campaign you want to be the best possible you can be you kind of get lost and just obviously they haven't made it the best they can it can be though because there's no diversity there I can imagine you kind of get lost in all the like the way that you're presenting yourself Mm, absolutely and I think that's really important to remember that and also the fact that the media just keep on talking about Grace Tame and Brittany Higgins and Chanel Contos as well who's also in the group um but you know it really does say that it does erase the other survivors that aren't white or that aren't you know these very privileged women um and kind of think about what that says about as Nina Funnel says ask what this says about survivor hierarchies and whether we really are willing to hear all survivor voices equally yeah I also like wanted to flag I love saying wanting to flag (laughs) I just want to flag this like I also think what what perhaps like as I was saying before kind of went over people's heads or you get so caught up in you know, presenting yourself. But what I definitely think they had control over and I definitely think they could have made completely better was the dialogue of that video. Yeah, the, absolutely. It's, I think it's the dialogue that makes it so... And the tweets as well that were introducing it, yeah, saying, we invite you... The table thing. Like, yeah, you, yeah the, like... um minority women trans women women of color have been in like have been a part of this conversation for decades you're not yeah. inviting them now exactly i think it's the dialogue that really like, yeah i would totally agree. agree with that and that's something they definitely could have fixed yeah. before that went out yeah i just think like yeah it's quite sort of gatekeepy it's like we invite you like why do you have the right to say who who can and who can't be in it and obviously they're not actually doing that but like it's the implication more than anything yeah and it's the idea again of that like sisterhood over solidarity like we're inviting you is like implicating this idea of we're a special club and we're inviting you into this sisterhood and we're all in this together it doesn't talk about solidarity yeah and it doesn't talk that uh, i doesn't say that sort of grace tame might face a very different sort of environment very different reception when she came out with her sort of her grooming claims or not claims, but, you know, her grooming story um, compared to a First Nations woman or a disabled woman or a queer woman. For sure. Those hierarchies are just so definitely at play. Yeah. Um, I don't think we need to, like, go into that. I feel like it's so clear. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that was that. That was a great discussion, Bridie. Oh, thanks very much. You're listening to Represent. 
kind of on the same wavelength as we were talking about before with Nina Funnel's Twitter thread. We've got Abby Chatfield's um, response to International Women's Day, which I know, I think some people have controversial opinions about Abby, but... Yeah, I think that she's very much kind of seen as a bit shallow because she was on The Bachelor, but... I like her. I think she's fun. I like still... her, I think. Every time I tell someone that I like someone, they tell me something that they've done that then I don't like. <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I mean? I like, every time mean. you yeah. go, I love Abby, someone's like, no. And you're like, She's oh, the worst. Like, no. I didn't know she did. Anyway, we think yeah. we like Abby. <laughs> we think we like her. Um, and I think even if you don't, I think it's kind still of... Still important to think about. Like, what she has to say. Exactly. Well, what <laughs> I was gonna, yeah. Well, what I was gonna say is, I think even if you don't like her, you can't deny the hold she has mm. over Australia yeah, right now. <laughs> she has a bit of joke on anyway. But we well, what we wanted to talk about was um, her response to International Women's Day, and it kind of goes over this theme of women don't want to get together in an office and have a cupcake. I mean, I would like a cupcake actually. I do quite like them, but I understand the point. It's the message, Bridie. <laughs> Please. <laughs> no. Um, which I think is so true. I've actually been in an office of a cupcake. Oh, look like, at you. I know. Not a very, like, just a Woolworths. Actually, a Woolworths staff room. But I remember oh, last year we go. had a cupcake for International Women's Day. <laughs> but Abby was right. Guess who cleaned it up and put it together? Oh, there Wasn't you Wasn't any go. of the males in the room, was it? It was our beloved grocery store manager. <laughs> but... Anyway, um, she points out, as does Nina, that International Women's Day often includes white, cis, able-bodied women, and we've seen this in the safety, respect and equity campaign, obviously leaving out um, minority groups of women. But what I thought was the most interesting thing about Abby's message is that she actually details what she wants to see change. Yeah. Which I feel like you never see that. Yeah, definitely. I know that the equity, respect... Safety, um, respect, safety, equity. Safety, respect, equity campaign had, like, demands and whatnot. Yeah. But I feel like you never just hear someone go, this is actually what I want. Yeah, I in like, a sort of normal Yeah, in a normal language. language. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, she talks – I think the main thing that she talks about is education. Mm. Um, in the workplaces specifically, but obviously also in schools – um, covering domestic violence, sexual assault, the wage gap, which we never hear about the wage we gap anymore. We never hear about the wage gap anymore. But there was someone on Twitter who was just replying to all of these massive companies, like Citibank is the only one I can think of, but um, replying to all their companies' tweets about um, International Women's Day being like, this women's pay is 26% lower in this organisation. Women's pay is 15% lower than men's in this organisation. Like, it was very much like, oh, I see. Yeah, I don't How know. How performative just, it is. Yeah, so performative, but I've just like never I don't know why we don't talk about the age the yeah. way the age gap the wage gap anymore. Like Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Someone tell us why. It's just gone off the yeah, tweet us. <laughs> tweet us and tell us why we don't talk about the age, wage gap. I keep saying age gap. Wage gap anymore. Um and she also talks about like what men can actually do to help. But I think this idea of like education is really important. So important. And she makes it kind of the whole message of what she's trying to say. Obviously, I think I think education, obviously, is probably a solution. But I just wanted to ask you, Bridie, do you think education is the solution? I think education is part of the solution. You know, we talk about, like, boys' schools. Like, say, the chant at St. Kevin's mm. um, a few years ago. Like, 
I heard from a friend that like a St. Kevin's guy told her that they just, they still do the chant. Like just because we don't hear about it, like doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I think the fact that boys schools particularly, but single sex schools in general, I think the fact that they exist just means that education can never fix the whole problem because there's always going to be that kind of toxic environment. Mm. Do you mean like, yeah, okay. I'm just pondering that. I'm just, yeah. I'm just taking it all in. There needs to be action. There needs to be so much more than just telling people about it or telling kids about it. Yeah, well, what do we think, like, what else is involved? We don't know. We don't, we don't know. know the big answers. <laughs> so tweet us again and yeah. tell us. Um, we need legislative reform. Yeah. Consequences? Consequences. Maybe. Absolutely. That would be kind of crazy. Imagine if you did something wrong and, and then you actually you had got, a consequence yeah. and you didn't get away with it. Exactly. That would be kind of wild. It would be unbelievable. I know. Um, so kind of talking about what you were going off of is that, like, you can have education, but people don't really want to listen. Or, yeah, yeah, that's know. what I was saying. <laughs> um, is that um, Abby also makes the point that, like, the patriarchal environments that are perpetuating these harmful circumstances aren't going to be engaging with International Women's Day. Yeah. So um, it's obviously great to have the day, but the people who are, like, in power and who are, I guess, doing the worst aren't going to be listening. So she says that it's about that groundwork education that will really make that change but as Brian I've said I mean I've been in educational workshops at schools yeah and like sometimes you just you just out. tune out you just muck around with your friends in the back yeah. and like we said there's no consequences yeah um, I was not talking about on a broad yeah I know, level. I know. <laughs> <laughs> not just in the classroom in the classroom no um, but I think it's definitely true like people who are not going to like engage people who don't engage with it are just they're the ones that are going to be causing problems mm. you know what i've just had a thought maybe education is obviously important but maybe it's about a culture oh 100 percent. and i'm imagining that like going into a workplace and you've just sat down into this workshop you might be like oh i don't want to do this in my time blah 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 yeah. but if you're going into a workplace that has already established that as their culture mm. you're either going to not want to work there or you're going to go, oh, I need to fit into this. Otherwise, yeah. I won't be able to work here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe that's what it's about. I think schools as well that have a really good culture mm. don't seem to have these problems, yeah. i.e. St. Gans. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously <laughs> don't have the culture. But I guess, again, it's like how do we start yeah. that culture? There's just so much to be done to kind of change a culture, especially in the schools so established as like St. Kevin's. Yeah. Anyway, that was our talk about culture and education um so obviously we know about the achievements of really prominent women in the media such as grace sam and britney Uh higgins absolutely but bridie and i thought it would be really nice to talk about some women that they're doing great things and that we want you to know about them Yes, we do. So, the first one is Aretha Brown. She's an Indigenous youth activist who spoke at both the 2017 and 2018 Invasion Day protests in Melbourne. And this led her to becoming elected as Prime Minister of the National Indigenous Youth Parliament. And she was the youngest person to be elected this position and also the first woman, which is amazing. Crazy. Good stuff. Yeah. 
Um, now, though, what she's doing now, this is a few years ago, what she's doing now, though, is that she's an artist and she's funded the Kiss My Art Collective, which um, is a group, it, you know, it's a group made up of a group of women and non-binary artists. And the idea is to kind of, through street art, yeah, through street art, murals, that sort of stuff, to reclaim the public spaces that were mostly male-dominated areas. Like, I'm sure we all know that graffiti's, like... A male-dominated um, <laughs> area, like associated with like I guess violence and destruction, is mm-hmm. kind of a fact. I'm actually doing a street art subject at the moment, oh, so that's a fact, guys. Fact, a fact alert. It's a male-dominated area. Anyway, um, what she's doing is great because she's yeah empowering these women to reclaim these spaces through art that is done by women and non-binary artists. She's giving them jobs. She's providing them safe spaces to work. I just think it's a kind of a really cool way to do something new. Yeah. And we celebrate that here on Internet Represents International Women's Day show. Um, the next person is Hayley McGuire. Um, she's a Durable and South Sea Islander woman. And she's the coordinator and co-founder of the National Indigenous Youth Education Coalition. Um, she always wanted to be a school teacher, but she obviously had a first-hand experience of what the education system looked like for Indigenous children. Um, and so now... She's created, like, um, a foundation, I guess, is a coalition. She's created a foundation that wants to change the education system and make it better. She wants to acknowledge Australia's colonial past, which I don't know about you, Bridie, but I didn't get taught about our true colonial history in primary school. No, absolutely not in primary school, and I don't think we did it in high school either. Yeah, just not much focus on colonialism. Like, we talked about uh, Captain Cook, old Jimmy. (laughs) But, yeah, not about the colonisation and, you know, the destruction, devastation that's happened in in the time since he arrived. Yeah, I didn't either. Although I feel like in high school the excuse is that, like, you kind of do more. Yeah. Like um mod like modern history. Yeah. So I feel like that's like but yeah, in primary school definitely not. Um, she also wants to teach indigenous children about their own culture and history and I I presume te- like bring that into an education system as a whole, not just indigenous children. Yeah. Um and just provide indigenous children with better and equal, I think is the important word, educational yeah. opportunities. I think this is like just very important, I guess. Absolutely. At this time. Yeah, hundred percent. Um and then the last lady is Kripa Krithavasan. Um, she is the host of Uncultured the Pod, and a, co- a podcast which shares stories of young South Asian Australians. Um, Kripa states um, in an interview with the ABC, I think it is, that feminism isn't fem- feminism if we don't talk about the intersections within it. Um, I think this is obviously very true. It's kind of, I kind of, I guess, it's the overall theme of the show today. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and through her podcast, she hopes to create a space where second-generation migrants in particular can feel a part of a conversation, I guess, like, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking about these three great women, and we've already kind of talked about this, obviously, a lot, but I guess we'll just hone the point in, is that it's clear that, like, no woman has a universal experience. Yeah. Um, and I guess we're trying to in our own little way bring all these different identities like into International Women's Day and you know we've talked about all of like the intersections today but I guess what I wanted to ask is how do we make International Women's Day more inclusive we've kind of already talked about it but you kind of stole my question so I'm yeah. gonna pose it again no. 
<laughs> well, I think there's so many different things that can be done, but I think taking away the kind of corporatization, I don't even know if that's a word, but like um, making it less corporate and more like an actual chance to have solidarity, like talk to other women who are not like, for me, talk to someone who's not white or something like that, right? So that you can see or hear you know, what they've been through and how they could want to change things. And I think there just needs to be more of an emphasis on diversity and inclusivity rather than just kind of doing the bare minimum. Yeah, for sure. I think having conversations like what you said is really definitely very important. I actually kind of think that should be the solution to education as well. Yeah. Conversations. Conversations. Just, like, I think you'd learn the most by just talking to the people right. next to you. Totally. Um, and, yeah, just focusing, having diversity at the front of, at front of mind, at the front of the mind yeah. <laughs> all the time. Like, just that should be the number one priority. I think that with the safety, respect, and equity campaign, it obviously was not front of mind for them. And it shows. Yeah, definitely shows. I think, like, you know, it would be great to not have it, like, corporatized. I think if you're at least going to go down that route, like, make it diverse. And pay yeah. the people that you're getting to do talks and mm-hmm. whatnot. Pay them. Mm-hmm. Like, that could be a good idea. A proper wage, too. A proper, a proper wage, yeah. Because um, I feel like so many of those talks are often, like, volunteers. Um, so, yeah. Actually, maybe pay people. Um, just before we finish today, we kind of wanted to flag something that's, I guess, been going on in our own, like, local, well, especially mine, because I get a university of Melbourne, yeah. like, kind of local community that we thought was um, important to talk about. Um, but before we start, I just want to do a trigger warning that this part of the segment mentioned sexual assault and violence, and listeners who may find this content distressing can tune back in when we'll be wrapping up the show which will probably be in a few minutes um if you need any further support today you can contact any one of these sexual assault support services 1800 respect national hotline at 1800 73732 lifeline on 131114 and beyond blue at um, 1300 224 so um, earlier this week, I think it was like uh, earlier last week, actually. Like yeah, kind of I think start it was of last week. The start of last week. Um, um, so the, which is when like we kind of started beginning getting some traction on the story, and ABC picked it up. But Mia Boonen, a former student at the Victorian College of the Arts, um, spoke publicly on her Instagram about how she was sexually harassed by a fellow male student. Um, kind of alongside two other women who. Um, a former VCA students who also like had similar experiences with the same um, male student and has like spoken up with Mia in support. Um, so now the ABC has like caught this story, picked it up, picked it up, yeah, <laughs> picked the story up, <laughs> which is I think a really great thing. Like, yeah, I kind of didn't expect it to happen. Like I remember seeing yeah. it on Instagram, on Instagram before yeah. ABC, and I was like, I don't think anyone will actually want to talk about this but it's great that they have yeah Um, really good pleasantly surprised yeah pleasant a pleasant surprise um so they told these uh they told the abc that vca which is like a part of it's like the arts kind of sector of like university of melbourne like the faculty arts faculty but not bachelor arts like performing arts like visual arts and yeah 
Um, so they told the ABC that the VCA ignored the reports and that this student was able to return to campus after writing an apology address to his alleged victims, which I think is, like, a pretty poor effort. I reckon. Um, so obviously this is, like, a really horrible story, but it's kind of a prime example of what we're, like, fighting for for International yeah. Women's Day. Um, it's what we should really be talking about instead of the sort of wishy-washy stuff that we see on corporate Twitter. Yeah, for sure. So it's like a prime example of institutions which, and a powerful one at that, who continue to ignore instances of sexual misconduct and put its students and teachers and other staff at risk. And I think like it's like this is the problem. Mm. Like institutional abuse just in any form, like, I don't know, universe, schools, um, religious sectors, parliament. It's like I would say they're probably the biggest issue at the moment. Yeah, I would say so. Um, which isn't getting addressed. And I guess this is kind of like a, like compared to Parliament, it's kind of like a grassroots level kind of yeah. situation. Um, the female students have told the ABC that they feel unsafe during campus at this time and Miss Boonin has decided to do her classes online so that she can guarantee her safety, which is just really, really sad. Yeah, especially considering if she was at VCA... She was doing something creative that, you know, in person is obviously the best way to study that. Yeah, and, like, um, they talk about the fact that when reporting this instance, there was, like, worries, I guess, that the male student would be ostracised. Yeah. But you're having that exact thing happen to Mia. Like, she's being ostracised from the classroom, now she can't go back. Exactly. Which, like, is just, again, like, making the victims suffer the most yeah victim Um, victim blaming yeah so as far as i know you can correct me if i'm wrong bridie the university hasn't done anything yeah not as far as i know not as far as i know they haven't acted on the allegations um but we urge you to sign an open letter which is on mia boonen's instagram and her instagram is miss mia boonen b-o-o-n-e-n um and it's go like it's an open letter designed to call upon the University of Melbourne to address the ongoing institutional abuse present on campus because obviously this isn't the first time and it won't be the last time. So yeah, of course not. While it is just like obviously a distressing topic to end our show on today, as we said, like these are the conversations that we need to have, um, and it's how like change actually happens, mm. and that's what represent is all about. Of course. So, <laughs> That's, like, kind of why we wanted to mention it today. But, yeah. Anyway, we'll wrap up. Yeah. How are you feeling, Brady? I'm feeling good. Feeling inspired. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> feeling real inspired. Yeah. So, thanks for tuning in to represent here on Sin Today. We've been your hosts, Mimi and Bridey. Um, You can keep up to date and let us know what you thought of the so- the show, the this. show, <laughs> the show on our socials. Um, find us at Sin Represent on Twitter and Instagram. We'll also upload this episode to Spotify. If you want to hear this episode again or catch up on any of our old episodes, you can find our podcast on Omni or Spotify at Represent. And remember to stay, stay political. political. You've been listening to a Sin Media Podcast, where young people run the show.